Hello, and welcome to PDA, Neurodivergence, and the Perpetually Determined Advocate. I am your Perpetually Determined Advocate, Cassandra. This is a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to raising awareness and acceptance of PDA, or Pathological Demand Avoidance, which is a lesser-known part of the autism spectrum. My hope for this podcast is to provide a place of learning and growth, as well as a platform for PDAers, professionals, parents, family members, and others to speak out on this condition, as well as providing resources for those who want to learn more. If you or someone you know would like to come on and use this platform to tell their story, please contact me at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. Now, let's launch into this episode's topic. Sorry for running a day late on this one, but we did not get back from vacation until rather late yesterday. And as you know, the plan was that this episode was going to talk about vacationing with a PDAer. Um, I wanted to kind of give me time to f- complete the whole vacation, and I was expecting to be home far earlier than I was. I was also kind of hoping that I'd be able to maybe record it on the way back whenever we made a stop, but none of those things ended up happening, so we're running just a a wee bit late on this one. This past week was spring break for my kids, and um, luckily the university where I work at um, also had spring break the same week, so that worked out rather nicely. So since my older neurodivergent kiddo, um, my 16-year-old that has, like, the complex ADHD, was performing at Disney World with um, the school, uh, the choir was singing at Disney Springs. And so the plan was we were all going to go out there and support Cam, watch him sing, and then, uh, you know, have some fun at the parks as well. And then head back this past weekend. Now, I am not yet comfortable putting Declan on a plane. So we drove. Uh, The last time we went, which was back in 2020, when my oldest was um, performing there as well, we drove and it it went over relatively well. Um, That was also before some of his um, struggles with his PDA uh, really started to intensify. So this time it was a little bit different. It still wasn't awful, but it was a struggle, um, obviously. The anticipation and anxiety, the anticipation of going to Disney World, because of course he was excited, but also the anxiety of the unknown, all sort of made for some struggling emotions inside of him. And I keep a container in my car Um, Just in case he starts to, you know, anytime his anxiety gets bad, he tends to throw up. That's like the reaction that his body has. And so I keep this, it's like a big coffee can that I have a bag and some, um, you know, tissues and whatnot in the bottom in case he gets, he starts to feel nauseous. And 
I had it in the car, and that was a good thing that I did because he did have to grab it a few times. He never actually fully threw up, but he did gag quite a bit. Um, and, you know, there, there were a couple times where it seemed like he might throw up. He also, I noticed, because of that combination of emotions, had trouble completing his thoughts. Um, his brain was just working faster than his mouth. And so he would struggle to get the words out. He would stutter. And that irritated him and caused him to sort of get really frustrated with trying to tell us what he wanted to say. He also definitely got tired of being in the car. Um, but again, I don't know flying would have been less hectic. If you think about the anxiety that comes with flying, like, what are we? Okay, we're in this plane, and it's 30,000 feet in the air. And what happens if something goes wrong? What happens? I mean, any noise would have, um, because he's just excessively worried about what if, what if, what if right now. Like, his... I don't want to say paranoia, but almost paranoia. Like he is constantly concerned that anything could be something going wrong right now. Um, he's got that's that's sort of like dialed up to 11. And that's like with his medication. So I just felt like flying would have probably been more hectic for that reason. Um, I mean, it would have been shorter, obviously, but I feel like it would have caused more intense emotions and potentially meltdowns. And on a plane is not somewhere that I wanted him to have a meltdown. Um, I did buy a whole lot of different, um, uh, I bought a pack of like stem toys that, you know, different anxiety type um, devices that could help him, uh, fidget spinners, that it had the whole like the, the snakes and the the little things that you can click to move around, the stress balls. It had a whole, it was a whole collection of stuff. And, you know, he also had his Kindle and he had, um, you know, some things to color and we had a variety of things that he could do to sort of occupy himself. But honestly, after a while, we were all tired of being in that car. Um, it is for us about a 13 hour drive. So we broke it up into two days, drove to um, got into Florida the first day and then the second day did that last leg in Florida so we broke it up right about halfway but still I mean that second day of driving it was every every few minutes it's like how much longer how much longer how much longer so he would look up at the little GPS thing which showed you know the countdown timer um, to give him an idea the first night that we got there, because our hotel reservation wasn't until Tuesday, and we got there Monday, um, and so we just kind of stayed in a um, a different hotel near the Disney Springs area and went over to Disney Springs that night, and that was an interesting experience because, you know, he's just spent two days confined in a car and he's got a whole lot of energy that's trying to escape. And he was excited to be out of that car and overstimulated from all of the people and all of the lights and all of the things at Disney Springs. And um, even though that's just basically restaurants and shopping and things like that, there was a lot of stuff and he, so he was trying to go everywhere at once. He was trying to run. He was trying to climb on things. He was trying to jump on th over things and onto things. And 
So whenever we would try to point out, okay, that that could be dangerous, you could fall, like, you know, trying to let him, you know, make the decision not to do these things, because, of course, we didn't want to put a lot of demands on him, right? You don't want to put a lot of demands on a PDA or anyway, but in a situation where they're, you know, <laughs> dialed up to 11 and overstimulated. Um, so we were like, hey, you know, that's that you could fall down from there or, you know, the the rules here say that you can't climb on that kind of thing, just sort of pointing those that stuff out. Even that was kind of setting him off, right? He was very quick to kind of spin out, um, to hit himself, to start yelling, all of those things. And we expected it, right? That was something that, you know, I, going into it, I was prepared that there was going to be some some overstimulation and, and he was going to have these moments where he would just kind of have too much inside and it would just spill out. So that was something that um, I was fully prepared for. Now, that night, of course, we stayed at the other hotel. The next morning, we drove over to the park to get in there before our uh, hotel room, our, our room at the resort was ready. And so this was like, we kind of let, sat down before we went on the trip, and we were like, okay, where are we going to go? Right? We let him choose. Because, of course, part of that whole idea of PDA is, you know, they need to feel like they're part of the process. They need to feel that helps to ease some of that stuff. So whenever we were planning the trip, you know, sat down and said, hey, where do you want to go? The first day, what park do you want to go? The next day, where, what park do you want to go to? Kind of letting him, because for us, it didn't matter. We've all been multiple times. Um this was his second time to go, so for him to pick which park we go to which day wasn't a big deal because we've all seen the parks before, so nobody really had a preference for what day to be where. Um, the only thing we had to do was be back at Disney Springs on one day in order to watch the choir sing. So he chose the first day to go to Animal Kingdom because he is my little animal lover. And so we said, all right, cool. He loves animals, so this was no surprise. And one of the things that Disney offers, which honestly at this point I cannot <laughs> say enough good things about, is something called the DAS, which is the Disability Access Service. And what this does is I think it's pretty well known that when you go to Disney World, when you're waiting for various different attractions, rides, whatever it is, these lines can get pretty long. And you can be stuck standing in queues for anywhere. I mean, I have seen queues that have that are like three hours long. It's It's not uncommon. But with the DAS... What you're able to do is you contact them and you let them know. There's, there are a variety of things that qualify. Um, autism, um, very, in other sort of like neurodivergent conditions, fall under cognitive, um, fall under like the cognitive column. And so you you contact them ahead of time and you let them know. Look, this is what's going on. Like we contacted them and then we let them know. Um, my son has ASD, and so um, what they do is ahead of time they will let you book two um, attractions, and then once you get into the park, 
you're able to book other ones. It's similar to if anyone is familiar with the whole ridiculous new um, system that Disney has for rides. So you have like the Genie Plus, which is the one of the one of the paid ones, right? That's it's similar to that, but it's not a paid service. The DAS is offered free to people who have these various different either physical or cognitive disabilities that prevent them from really being able to wait in these long queues. And so they took Declan's picture and they put it on file. And what we would do is we could choose an attraction, right? And for, you know, autistic and neurodivergent people who would get overstimulated and potentially have meltdowns waiting in these lines um, because of the sensory overload, it offers this alternative. So say you choose a ride that currently has a 75-minute wait, all right? You pick it, and it gives you a time 75 minutes later to return to the ride. So instead of having to stand through the line and be in those queues that can get hot and loud and just really intense, you just walk around the park. The entire park essentially is your queue. You go and you do whatever it is. And then when that time comes up, you return to what they call the lightning lane, which used to be the fast pass lane, (laughs) right? Um, But you go to the lightning lane. And you scan either your card or your band, whichever one you have. Um, Now, the person who has the DAS has to scan first. So Declan would scan his band, and it would blink. The thing would come up on the person's iPad showing his picture and that he had the DAS. They would approve that. Then the rest of us would scan in. And we go through the lightning lane, which essentially takes you to the front of the line. Right? You're still waiting the 75 minutes, right? Because that's what I used for this example. So you're still waiting the same amount of time. But instead of waiting in the line, you're able to wait in an area that could be a little bit less stressful, right? You're able to move around and do things um, so you don't have that buildup of anxiety, right? Now, sometimes the lightning lanes will have a little bit of a delay depending on how many people have gone in there. But for the most part, it was it was pretty quick. And so we would go up there and get on the ride and then get off. And it made the whole experience, you know, less stressful for him. It, it made it so that he could enjoy things a lot better because he wasn't having those moments. Now, there were some lines that we waited in, right, because we didn't want to be those people who take advantage of things. Um, there were some shorter lines that we waited in, but he he did struggle, Um with those because when you're waiting even say like 40 minutes in a line um he would get to the point where he would start getting stressed out and it's loud and um we could not do any of the the nighttime shows because pretty much all of them use fireworks and the booms from the fireworks did not uh it, it he he was jumping and like um crouching down and covering his head and they were kind of scaring him so that was not something we were able to do um I the bad part was we (laughs) when I left I thought I had forgotten his noise canceling earmuff things and turns out no we didn't forget them they were in the backpack the whole time and we (laughs) 
<laughs> didn't realize it. And so we never reached in to grab them because we thought they were at the house. And um, turns out we had them the whole time. Um, so that could have helped, but uh, we just ch- avoided the fireworks uh, as a way to deal with that. Now, you can, the other thing about the DAS is you can only have one at a time, um, which is similar to the old fast pass system. So, um, the advantage though is even though it kind of works the same as the Genie Plus service, um, with the Genie Plus, which is the one where you pay, I think it's like $15 per person per day. Um, but with that one, there's a limited number of lightning lanes that they give out. And so once those are all booked up, it's done. With the DAS, there's not a limited number. Um, the only limitation it has is by time. So if you have, once the wait time would exceed the time that the park closes, obviously if there's one that you want to ride, but the wait time would go past the time that the park closes, then no, they're not going to um, do that one because you kind of have to be in line before whatever time the park closes. But just knowing that, you know, we weren't going to run out throughout the course of the day because a lot of people were. And so some people, you know, instead of having to use a paid service, you have this free service that functions the same but has some real advantages for people who do have these disabilities. Um, So like I said, I, I cannot say enough good things about what this did for improving the quality of his vacation, because genuinely it did. It would have been an absolute nightmare um, otherwise. So I'm really glad that we were able to find uh, to find out about this. Now, we did still have some struggles. Um, one tip I would say is if you're doing something like this, a theme park, that kind of stuff, um, with a PDA or definitely take breaks, right? We would kind of leave halfway through the day. And again, because we'd all been multiple times, we knew, you know, like it wasn't a big deal. Um, so we would ride a few rides in the morning and then leave midway through the day, go back to the room and let him decompress. And honestly, like the first day at Animal Kingdom, he actually asked to go back to the room at one point. And I was really proud of him for knowing he was overwhelmed and for verbalizing that, like even though it had been fun in the park and there were a lot of fun things to do. He knew that he'd had too much at that point and needed a break. And we told him, you know, like on the way up there, it was like, dude, if you ever feel like you need to stop for a minute and go cool down, just let us know. No one is going to, you know, like we're happy to do that. And so, you know, he did. He was like, I think I need to go. I think I need to go take a break. And so we did. Like we I took him back to the um the resort he took a nap and then he was able to sort of rest and reset and then we took the shuttle back to the resort and it made for you know a a much more pleasant experience because he wasn't having to be dragged through that overstimulation Um, the second park day though we definitely uh, changed the stance on he's too big for a stroller Um, (laughs) little legs uh, heat and anxiety do not mix well. And even though he was, I mean, he wasn't quite too big for it, but he was kind of like all knees and elbows in there. Um, but it did help quite a bit because there is a lot of walking, right? You walk miles a day 
And that's not an exaggeration. When you're in Disney parks, you are like out at Disney World, you are walking miles, plural, every day. Um, That's just something that happens. And so that was stressful for him and his little legs. And, you know, it was creating some walking resistance. And so the stroller helped, right? But the it did create some other issues like the strollers have these canopies on top and so he's facing forward we're behind him or you know next to him or whatever and there's all these crowds around and so you're walking through well he's trying to talk and his voice is going forward into the throngs of um, other voices that are (laughs) in the park and we couldn't always hear him and so he would have to like lean forward and stick his head around the side and say mom like oh okay what's up you know, or, you know, whoever else he was trying to talk to. Um, And so that would, um, that could, that created some frustration a few times because he thought we were ignoring him. And it's like, nobody, we're not ignoring you. We just can't hear you. Right. And there were times when he would kind of get angry and um, yell, or sometimes he would like put his feet down on the ground, which would cause like the the stroller to shutter and stop and there were you know people around behind that would kind of uh you know we would stop in front of them because the stroller would halt and we had to let him know like that that's dangerous you could end up hurting your ankle you could get you know like let's not do that somebody could run into us whatever so just try not to do it but at times he would like you know impulse control being what it is with PDAers those feet would go down and we would have to remind him let's not a good idea let's let's not do that um but you know after two days of kind of intensity because it was animal kingdom and then we had Epcot um on the third day whenever we were at Hollywood Studios we kind of just kept it simple Um, because there aren't, for him, uh, a lot of the big ticket attractions at Hollywood Studios, things like Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, he was not having that, right? We did Tower of Terror the last time we were there, um, because he was big enough for it, and he absolutely 100% said, I don't ever, ever want to do that again, Um, which is weird, because the older one, who is now 16, um, was, I think, six years old the first time he wrote it and just absolutely ate it up. Like, that kid was a thrill ride junkie from the get-go. I mean, that one takes after me 100%. The oldest now likes them, but when he was younger... Um, he wasn't very keen on thrill rides either. Um, so it's, it's not, so, and it doesn't surprise me that Declan hated it because when you have somebody who's constantly worried things might go wrong and you put them in what is supposed to be a faulty elevator that's dropping and coming up and dropping, you can see where that's just not a good combination. So that, um, we didn't do that one. And then rock and roller coaster, we told him about it, but he was he was not keen on that very much. Um, Space Mountain, he was able to do fairly well. A lot of the rides, he, he did fine with. He likes um, some of these roller coasters, but he didn't like the idea that that one took off so fast. Because it does. I mean, it, it slingshots you out of there real quick. Um, and he didn't want to do that. So we just kind of kept it simple. We did some of the smaller stuff there at Hollywood Studios. 
And instead of taking a break midday, we just sort of pushed through to like early afternoon and then just went back to the room um, and stayed there. Right. We called it an early park day. And that way we were able to go back to the resort and have a quiet evening. He was able to get in bed early and, you know, have a nice, good, solid night's rest right there in the middle, um, which was helpful because, I mean, it's you get pretty worn out. Um, Even being in a stroller, I mean, you still have the exertion of the heat and then the, you know, being in the, the, some of the queues have hills where you're having to walk up and down, which even though we're in the lightning lane, we still have to climb through those uh, queues, right? Um, Quickly, but you're still having to do it. So he was still getting pretty uh, worn out. So having that early night midway through was extremely helpful. Um, honestly, the drive home was a lot quieter because since he was worn out, uh, he took a few naps on the way home, which was helpful. Um, he just, it was, you know, he was done. Um, (laughs) it might've been a little bit too long. I think perhaps in the future, um, vacations may have to be scaled down a little bit to, you know, a few, a few days instead of a, a whole week, the way that it was done. But honestly, just when you're taking a vacation with a PDA or expect everything, right? Hope for the best, but prepare for all the worst. And that's that's kind of how I navigate everything with this. I hope for the best, but I mentally prepare for a variety of different, you know, potential negative outcomes because it's it's entirely possible you never know right one day to the next what it could be that could set somebody off and so you kind of have to be ready for that don't go into it expecting that this vacation is going to go this way and you know there might be a couple frustrating moments but other than that it's it's going to be fine you have to expect that things could go wrong around every turn and you have to be i mean That's something you really have to mentally prepare for. You have to be able to stay in that calm state because they are not calm, right? He was not calm. This was a very intense feeling that he would have when he would get all the way up to overstimulated and and it would start to spill out. There was nothing calm about him. He needed someone else to be calm. He needed something solid, right? We we talk about with PDA, you know, with raising PDA kids, you need to be their calm in the storm. You need to be that rock they can cling to through that turbulence. So you have to be prepared for that. You have to be able to maintain that calm, that composure, and help bring them back down, right? Help bring them back um, because they are going to spin out. They are going to have struggles. This is anytime you go to theme parks of any kind, you know, there's there are crowds, there's overstimulation, there's a lot going on. And Disney World is like <laughs> kind of uh, the you know overload when it comes to any of that because there's so much more. Um, they do take such care with all of the different details. And there are so many people. And, you know, this being spring break, and apparently it was also spring break for all of Florida. <laughs> so it was like, it was intense. Um, several of the parks were sold out of their reservations because they only allow so many people in per day. Um, and they were sold out. They didn't have any more reservations. So it was... The crowds got a little much at times. Um, 
and you know you have to be prepared for these eventualities it's I'm trying to think how best to put this vacationing with a PDA is is going to be a different experience but it doesn't have to be a bad experience right um it can have its rough moments, but as long as you are going into it, understanding there are going to be some bad moments, there are going to be some really bad moments. Um, but as long as you kind of have those backup plans and those escape routes, right? It's very much over planning is what you constantly have to do with, um, you know, when you're going anywhere or doing anything with a PDA or whether it's a child or an adult, right? You, you have to be prepared for, you know, if something happens, this will be our escape route or this will be our backup plan or this. And as long as you have those, then that's excessively, I mean, it, 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 it makes an exceeding difference because you know, okay, if it doesn't happen, cool, things, things flow nicely and it's great. But in the case that something does start to kind of come unraveled, you're like, okay, no worries, and you go this direction. You're not scrambling at the last minute trying to figure out a backup plan because the scramble and the anxiety that the scramble causes for you will be felt by the pda -er. But if you already have the backup plan to where when they start to get really anxious and um, stressed and they kind of start to escalate emotionally – you can look at them and say, okay, no worries, we'll just do this. And because you are being able to calmly react to them and give them an alternative in that moment very quickly, that really helps to keep things from escalating further, right? And so you just, you have to have these backups for backups, right? You have to have all that extra planning done, which can be stressful and exhausting in the planning stage, but it will be so much better in the moment because you won't have to worry about, oh, no, what hap- What are we going to do now? I wasn't prepared for this. Um, it'll just it'll be better for you and your PDA or honestly um, to have those different systems in place. And I mean, I don't regret it. I really don't. It was with the help of the D.A.S., and these these backup plans, it really was an enjoyable vacation. And he told me on the way home that he had the best time. So I hope that some of that will help for those of you as we come up on summer. It will help for those of you who are planning vacations. And if you have any specific questions about anything, feel free to reach out. As always, you can email me with any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or concerns at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on social media. Just search PDA Neurodivergence and the Perpetually Determined Advocate on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, remember, in a world where you can be anything, be kind.